Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Storms are about to come through right here. We've got the last line of storms that pretty much kept me up awake all night. Uh, but they're making their way through here in just a few minutes. Uh, just that's something, you know, going to be exciting here for the next, what, 30 to 45 minutes. But really the most exciting thing, Matt, that we're looking forward to, of course, meeting we have tonight, a uh, setup we have tomorrow, and then a big Saturday night we have planned. The 11th annual Mardi Gras ball put on by the crew of Fernando. Derek and I are excited about that. Should be our largest ball, both in attendance, the largest band we've ever had, uh, just a number of different things. If you don't have your tickets and you're listening to this show on Friday morning, you know, try and get some tickets if you can. So yeah, we had it marked as sold out. Kind of looked around. We The design of the building, everything like that, the table set up, we realized we could probably fit about 50 more people. We released 50 more tickets on Tuesday. Now, those were only available uh, I guess through our, a link so on our Instagram page our Facebook page you go to a link and buy the tickets online be able to print them out yourself so those we had just a very few available as of this recording so please check that go there uh, I think it's like uh, RSVPFI or something like that go there find it click on it and if there's any available go ahead and get your tickets if you're listening to this on Friday going to be an extremely good show on Saturday hard to believe it's our 11th Derek we've been a, it's been in existence for 12 years obviously didn't have one in 2020 but this is our 11th Mardi Gras ball uh, you know going to be our largest one we've ever had really excited about it it's amazing how it kind of consumes uh, me and you and three or four other guys with the crew fernando for the uh, final two weeks and then this weekend it's all that we have going on i think women are getting manicures and pedicures and getting ready to put on the dress for the you know they don't put on formal dresses very often and uh, it's great to see everybody get together and when it's all said and done this is how we raise our money to give away to all the different charities in Hernando so thank you if you're coming thank you for praying for it thank you for supporting it whether you're a sponsor and not able to make it or uh, you know maybe you're a food vendor or whatever we really really appreciate all the help from the uh, local community to do the things that we've done over the last uh, 12 years very much appreciate it and Derek former member of uh, the crew Fernando uh, was a member for the first couple of years of the crew and uh, was very involved still very involved in the community doing different things uh, to help all around the city of Fernando of course and I'm speaking about our 2023 presenting sponsor Mr. Brian Couch with Team Couch of Birch Realty Group Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 68 years of combined real estate experience. They're ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They were recently voted DeSoto's Best for the fifth time. It's still a good time to list your home in DeSoto County, especially in Hernando, and Brian and Terry are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your zip code, your neighborhood, what's going on down your street, all the information you want a realtor to possess in 2023, Brian and Terry and their team with Team Couch are going to possess it. Call them at 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Put in the filters, the different areas you're looking for houses, whether it be in Hernando, Lewisburg, South Haven, Olive Branch, Brian and Terry's website, award-winning website, can walk you through finding the home of your dreams in DeSoto County. Call them again, 662-449-1700. Podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. 
You mentioned Derek recording around noon on Thursday, as we typically do, from the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Mobile Cars and Vans located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. Keeping it simple, Derek, the old burger shop. If you know where the old burger shop is, right behind the BP station that is going to undergo some renovations, they're finally wrapping that up. We're right behind there. Cars, trucks, vans, major insurance claims. We work with all major insurances. If you need help with a body shop, mechanic shop, we had a nice lady recently uh, had some warranty work for her vehicle, so she needed a car for two weeks. We helped her all through the claim process with her warranty company as well. The big companies definitely did not go out of their way to help you. We like to do that here at Mobile Cars and Vans. Call us today, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Again, coming to you from the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Well, Derek, our weekly show starts kind of the same way each week now. Since our last show, a lot of different things going on. Uh, Well, since our last show, Derek, had a Super Bowl. That has been decided. Yes. We talked about it last week. The the Kansas City Chiefs faced off against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, We both picked the Eagles to win, and uh, by God, they were pretty close. But uh, it did not work out that way. What did you think about last week's Super Bowl? Pretty exciting. I don't know. Uh, Eagles came out looking really good. Uh, Chiefs struggled a little bit. Uh, Had a couple punts in in the first half. Uh, then Mahomes gets injured right before halftime. So everybody, I think at that point, they were down 10, couldn't muster a score before halftime. And it really looked like, okay, this is not good. He's going to go in the locker room, maybe come out, hobble in the second half. Eagles are going to put a you know, pretty big pass rush on him and probably close this game out. And that is not what happened. The Chiefs were, I think it was the most efficient half by a team in playoff history. And it actually came during the Super Bowl. I think uh, uh, like 93% of their first down plays either resulted in another first down or a score. And the one time it did not was because the guy went down at the one-yard line. Uh, so just an absolutely incredible half of football. Mahomes leads them back. Uh, the defense steps up when they need to. And, you know, questionable call, non-questionable call. The guy admitted that he did it. So it was, it was, it was exciting. The last two minutes really wasn't because they were just basically milking the clock for the field goal. And, of course, the field goal was exciting, but once it went in, it was it was ball game. But, again, I think it was a great game. It was a wonderfully played game. You know, only one mistake that was costly for the Eagles. So, I, I really enjoyed watching it. Which mistake? The uh, fumble by Hurts. The fumble, think, yeah. yeah the fumble the, return yeah, for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, again, a lot of people complained about the last play. They did give up the longest punt return in Super Bowl history yes. to get him in that position. So, um, And a very well-executed punt return. Looked like an old high school oh, yeah, wall, wall set up wall and everything. Up, so, that was kind of kind of perfect. Again, good game. Uh, look, it's something I was talking about, you know, the halftime show is always something that we talk about what i think we can talk about the halftime show um i think rihanna should have released she was pregnant on saturday and then everybody would have been like oh man she did great for a pregnant lady versus is she pregnant yeah. totally tur- taken over well i mean some people really enjoyed it i thought it was just a decent one i, I did like the mario brother ladders things going up and down the you know kind of like the yeah, shifting sure. mario brother platforms but yeah everybody i was watching that it was with it. was trying to it's like yeah, okay, did she just have it? Like, yep. Literally Googling yep. it. When yep. did she have her baby? And it was like a year or two ago. And like, it was okay, May. It was May. Yeah, it was May. Okay, a year ago. So, yeah, that's not that's not left over. This is another one. And then, of course, she came out and said she was another one. Right. So, so announce, you, announce you're pregnant on Saturday or the press conference on Friday. Yeah. Be done with it. And by, you've had 48 hours to process it. And then she comes out and does the halftime show. And you give her a break because she's a pregnant lady uh, versus the entire night being, is she pregnant? Does she look pregnant? Wait a minute. Is she pregnant? And that's all. I mean, again, the people I was watching with, that's all we were talking about, yeah. really. I mean, she has one of the best catalogs of music the last 25 years. I don't understand. You know, she. I think they should have released or told the world about it. Then you have 24 hours to process it, and then you can see things in a different way. You understand why she's not running around and doing things. 
Yeah, well, I wonder know. if they would have gotten grief for, if they'd known she was pregnant, or if we knew she was pregnant, the fact that she was strapped 100 feet in the air <laughs> to well, a platform. Yeah, she was definitely up there. <laughs> Double strapped, too. I mean, she was, she, yeah, she was locked in pretty good. But that, and then Derek, I, not the way we've always done it, but we would watch the game, and then I thought we would really kind of talk over the commercials. We we barely watched a single commercial where uh, I was. Same. Actually, same. I was, I I mean, the game was better, uh, and then again, if you weren't trying to Google whether or not Rihanna was pregnant, um, you know, I missed I missed several of the commercials, and then you know the next day pulled up the Yahoo article or whatever, and you know some of they were actually I think the, the overall they got a pretty good rating by. I guess commercial critics, and so there were two or three I went and searched out because I thought, and I watched them, and they were good. And uh, of course, now you can now they're showing them yeah, pretty regularly on yeah. TV. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, but that used to be a thing. Like I didn't care about the game; I was more into the commercials because the game could be hit or miss. This year, it was all about the game, so didn't really pay too much of commercials. So there were a couple that I did like, but um, you know, it was just a the only thing that was. With that halftime show, and I guess with both teams passing a lot, it was a really, really long game. Right. I mean, this was a solid four-hour Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, that's what's going on since our last show. Again, the Super Bowl would have been, I think, the third highest rating in the history of Super Bowls. They they just recently started counting yep. sports bars, which is yep. uh, pretty interesting. So I don't think if you did all the numbers and the stuff, I don't know if it'd be ranked that high. Um, if you uh, without those numbers, uh, of hundred fifteen millions, a lot of people. Though. Yeah, no doubt, hundred fifteen. Exactly. I mean, the Super Bowl. Is one of those things where uh, even if you never watched a game or didn't watch a game all season, you're probably at a party or some type of party, uh, you know, to watch that. So, I mean, it, there's a reason it's called the Super Bowl. So, and Mahomes, a, I mean, yeah. two MVPs, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs in six years. That's a great start to oh, a career. Absolutely, absolutely. He's a really, really good player. He is our fantasy quarterback. Yes, and, he is. Uh, more than likely, will be for the years to come. Uh, you and know, you're that, giving away our strategy. I'm with sorry, I'm Kelsey sorry. and Mahomes. Kelsey and Mah- well, no, we, I don't know if we can do both. I don't know. We'll figure that out. <laughs> we'll figure that out. I mean, you know, we just we've won the league more than anybody. Don't ever forget that, guys. If you listen to the podcast, we're definitely the uh, the what's the word? We've set the standard. Yeah, we're the. That's it. Yeah, we, we've 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 set the standard for sure. Something else, Derek. Before we jump into the meat of our show, since our last show had the opportunity last uh, weekend. Um, a lot of people that know us and know Heather and myself, uh, Hannah Grace, our daughter, 19-year-old daughter, is the Mississippi Miss Hospitality, which most people know. And uh, we had the opportunity. She was heavily involved with the Dixie National Rodeo last weekend, involved in the parade, involved with the Agriculture Commissioner quite a bit, toured around uh, the Dixie National Rodeo on Saturday, and just had a really, really good time. Uh, shout out to all the folks down there. If you never attended the Dixie National Rodeo, maybe you're not from the Jackson area, so you don't know how big an event it is. Largest rodeo east of the Mississippi. That, that is honestly shocking. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, think about it. It's the largest rodeo east of the Mississippi. Had the best bulls, the best horses, the best, I mean, the, the national final rodeo horses and the people that uh, that are going to be the best at the end of the season came to this rodeo. Yeah, uh, tremendous. Uh, I love a rodeo. That's just something I've told it. I've said it on here before, Derek. My dream job is a rodeo, rodeo announcer. Period. Really? Not, a, not a rodeo clown, <laughs> a rodeo announcer. Doing if the eight t- seconds, just calling off the eight seconds. I, I could do it's my favorite thing. I love – I've always liked it since I was a kid. Went to a rodeo a lot there in my hometown, our, our big fair we have down there. Uh, I've always liked it, always wanted to do it, and um, I think I might be pretty good at it because Wilson point blank asked me, he's like, hey, why do they do that? Like, Why do they announce it that way? I was like, you mean kind of like with a fake voice and they kind of get <laughs> a little bit too dramatic? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I don't know. That's just what they do. I think that's something I would enjoy doing. A man from my hometown always did that, and he toured all around the southeast wow. and uh, was a rodeo announcer, so that's something I always liked. And, and again, it's pretty neat, but uh, I love a rodeo, so shout out to the people down in Dixie National in Jackson. When it comes to the largest rodeo east of the Mississippi, if you've never been, consider going. 
take a look. It's a uh, you know give or take first weekend in February, second weekend in February. There's some times in between. They have some really good name acts that perform the entertainment after the rodeo, which is really neat. So uh, a lot of fun. I texted you uh, while I was down there, Derek, and was like, hey, this thing's pretty cool. And uh, you know some of the entertainment that was coming up later that night, later this week, some actually sold out shows there at the Mississippi Coliseum. So plenty of jokes we could joke around about <laughs> about the Mississippi Coliseum. But I think it's a pretty safe place the for big about house. 10. It's a it's a safe place for about ten days during the uh, Dixie National Rodeo. Speaking of Jackson, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi controls a lot of the money that gets spent in DeSoto County. And Derek, let's talk about that. A huge thing for DeSoto County. Fingers crossed what you're about to tell us comes together. Tell us all about the roads leading to DeSoto County. Well, the DeSoto County officials uh, took a trip down there and they believe that their message about the urgent need to widen I-55 is finally sinking in at the state capitol. Now, over 40 people, including all five mayors, some aldermen, local business leaders, and concerned citizens made the trek to Jackson this week and met with key state lawmakers to discuss transportation needs facing the state's largest growing county. The group was part of Driving DeSoto. This is something we've mentioned before on here to go on there and and put your name in, which is a grassroots effort which has garnered over 4,000 signatures. So again, thank you to those 4,000 who have done that from North Mississippi residents in an online petition to lobby for key transportation improvements to alleviate traffic concerns countywide. Now, the delegation asked lawmakers for $118 million to begin the first phase of widening from I-55 from Goodman Road to Church Road and expressed that there is no better time to ask than the present because Mississippi is in the best financial shape that it has ever been and has the money to fund this project. Now, we'll get to that story, another story related to that in just a minute. The whole state uses I-55 from Jackson through DeSoto County coming into Memphis, and DeSoto County is seen, especially for the north half of the state, as the gateway to Mississippi. The officials are not asking the state to come up with the whole approximately 350 to 400 million needed to widen the road at once. They're advocating for the roadway to be widened into three phases. Of course, phase one is the 118 million they would like right now, this this session. Phase two would widen I-55 from Church Road to I-269. And then phase three would widen it from I-269 to Commerce Street exit in Hernando. They believe lawmakers are listening and they're convinced we'll get to see some of the money to fix I-55 starting this year. It also doesn't hurt that this year is an election year. We will see if we can get the money allocated this session, and as soon as we know, we will let our listeners know. But, man, I've seen, you know, this is the, the article that I found out of Jackson. Watched two news stations last night kind of for the weather. Both news stations mentioned this story. So I think there's a lot of traction looking really good to get this first $118 million. And, again, the right-of-ways are pretty much done, and they are shovel-ready if the state approves it to start on this project. And if, if we were to get the money this session, the supervisor is saying they would start on the project about this time next year. So starting that widening of 55, I think they're looking at eight lanes right there uh, at 55 down to Church Road starting again this time next year. Wow, Derek, that's awesome. I mean, I know you know you and I've lived in DeSoto County now for two decades, and 55 has its bottlenecks and has its situations. I mean, it gets pretty backed up when Landers is having a big show and that kind of stuff. So, um, well, it comes. I think they said it comes from about it's like 11 ish lanes because like a, there's like a mid mid lane. There's right. like about 10 or 11 lanes down to four lanes Done. right at Goodman yeah. Road. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty that's pretty bad right there. But again, the growth for DeSoto County. Coming out of Memphis, coming out on 55, comes to Church Road. Let's get Church Road done. Next phase to 69, and then to Hernando. But, uh, I mean, again, 
excited about it. Hopefully, it all comes together. As you mentioned, there is uh, we're going to talk shortly or briefly in just a few moments about a record amount of money flowing through the state of Mississippi, and so uh, that kind of affects what uh, what we're going to talk about now, Derek. You and I said something last week. I don't think I've ever had anything that we've talked about that responded with more text emails or comments to us privately about what I'm going to talk about. We mentioned it last week, the teacher's assistant pay raise That's correct. made it out of the Senate House. I made it out of the House down in Jackson. We mentioned that three people voted no, voted not to give the teacher's assistants uh, a $3,000 raise from the state. Uh, and then we dug a little bit and found out that two of the three are from DeSoto County. Tell us about it. Yeah, so you know, we said last time we didn't know who the three were. I, I couldn't find the information, the links. You know, they they do have like a a tracking on the yay nay votes. I didn't have it before the show last week, and so I mentioned it on the air. I had two people reach out and send it to me with a link that you could go on to kind of show the the ballot or whatever uh, for the house. And Matt, uh, you know, we said last week, shame on those people. Well, two of those were us. And two of that those were is, DeSoto County residents. Yes, yeah, DeSoto okay. County resident, which is extremely uh, disappointing. Sure, uh, I don't. There's no other way to say it that this is, I mean, disgusting. The two that were Dana Criswell and Steve Hopkins were two of the three House members voting against the $3,000 teacher raise for the assistant teachers that passed 114 to 3. Did they say where the money's coming from? Did they mention, is that any kind of... Well, it's just, like, it's, yeah, they're just trying to make it part of the budget. Like they're trying to the add budget. this to the okay. budget. Yeah. Did they have any response? Have you seen anything in the news article or anything like that? Maybe a Facebook post. I, th- I think Mr. Hopkins is pretty active on Facebook. Uh, see last November, uh, <laughs> and you'll you'll see how active he is on Facebook. But did you see anything? Any response on why he voted against that? I have not seen anything. Uh, and I, I, I and I will say this: Dana Criswell is not running again. He's not running. He's done. <clears throat> and and again, these are also the same people. The same. Oh, these were two of the I think four. In the last session last year, that voted against any Correct. any increase any increase in spending period. any increase in taxes. Period. So it no, might just no, be no, 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 no. Last just, week, just be a last general, year. you know, voting. I don't want to spend any more new money. We need to, you know, whatever. Right. This makes again. I cannot agree with this. One hundred fourteen to three. I, we do not have to tell you that that's easily crosses party lines sure. at one hundred fourteen to three. Quite bipartisan. Yeah. Uh, and so now again, Chris was retiring. Hopkins is no longer running for his house seat. He's giving up his house seat, but is running for the Senate, challenging Mike McClendon for state Senate seat District One. Uh, so that is something to uh, keep in mind uh, during the election cycle that will take place in August. Uh, there is a Democratic running. They don't really expect that Democrat to put up much of a challenge in November. So uh, for all intents and purposes, the winner of that race should be the elected senator again. They will go through the November race. But just something to keep in mind that voted no for a $3,000 raise. Man, I, I tallied it up. Assistant teachers are full-time. They work 180 days a year. Right. Uh, they make $17,000 a year. You divide. From a, the state. Know, I thought from, they made from the state. From the state. Grand. From the state. You know, so the, the, the county might make more. They could supplement. Yes. Okay, got the, it. the counties can supplement. Now, the, the bill also said if the state increases, the county cannot cut. Correct. That's, that's, what that's also says, part yes. of this bill. Now, maybe they wanted the county to be able to cut. Maybe that was part of them voting no. Uh, but anyway, uh, at 17000 a year. 180 days a year. That's 1,440 hours. Matt, that's $13.89 an hour. $13.89 is what the assistant teachers are making uh, in the classrooms across the state. Right. And let's remember, there are jobs all around the Mid-South starting at 16, 18, yeah. 20, 22, 23, $25 an hour. These these folks are choosing to go and work this job. Yes. That, 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 and trying so, to help your children. And it, this is the same across the state. So yeah. DeSoto County, higher cost of living right. than maybe somewhere in you know the mid-Mississippi or somewhere in the Delta. So, But it doesn't matter. There's 17 across. We just wanted to follow up. We had to reach out. And it was very disappointing that 66% of the vote 
know came from DeSoto County. What do you think the constituents, if you t- if you tallied every constituent in Chriswell and Hopkins district that they represent, what do you think their constituents would rate at from a percentage standpoint to have voted yes for a teacher's assistant? Oh, I would say 80% at least. You say 80%. I mean, it's, uh, basically it's South Haven – well, I mean, Olive Branch, re- Lewisburg area, right? I mean, th- those people won't. But okay, well, let's look at it this way: 114 yeses, three noes. Yeah. that's 117 multiplied. That was 98 yeah. percent of all those uh, House representative people voted yes. So yes. let's just say, conservatively, I think that's a, a big word. Those two like to throw around. Yeah. Conservatively, 90 um, percent. Yeah, I mean, constituents I mean, I, I, probably would be extremely low. Yeah. I so, so real quick, yeah. if you represent a district and represent a place, and you travel and you're supposed to represent those people. And you, it would have nine out of ten people say yes to something. Why do you get to vote no? And Why I, do you vote no? I think that that's what that is. Man, you bring up a good point. That's what I think a lot of elected officials have forgotten. Yes, sir. That they're representing people, not mm-hmm. themselves. It's not your opinion. Correct. You are representative for their Correct. opinion. And if and I would completely agree with you, their opinion is be like. Yeah, we need to give these people more than $17,000 a year. Well, what this is, Derek, is, again, I, I, that's my big word for the last week, the word peasants. We know what's best for you. We're going to vote no because I know what's best for you, people I represent. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the case. If if this would have polled out at 9 out of 10, 90%, 80%, 70%, you're not doing the people's work. Well, You're it, going down there voting for yourself, and that's – I want everyone to remember that when that rolls around for election time, who's voting for you, period. Who's who's representing you? Yeah. And if you're going down there voting what you feel like is right and you're not coming back and explaining your vote or you're not coming and say, hey, I want to sit down with some teacher's assistants and learn about this. explaining your vote. You shouldn't right, have to you say should, this, Exactly. No, I need your input for this vote. Yeah, there, I need your input for this vote. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like a lot of elected officials, both local, state, and federal for sure, mm-hmm. have begun to – forget and vote what they think is best and not what their district is asking them to do that's right and so that's what we wanted to bring that attention again dana criswell and steve hopkins here in desota county voted no for a teacher's assistant pay raise in the state of mississippi well Derek, let's move on because uh what we're about to talk about now um what we're going to talk about now kind of covers uh, what we just said was voted no by these guys, state money at an all-time record high. Tell us about it. All right. As Mississippi lawmakers start the appropriations process in earnest this session, of course, appropriations is setting the budget, setting what you know monies will be spent, which, again, is part of the teacher pay raises and other things. Bills have been kind of flying through all over the last you know week to 10 days. The question of what the state does with its extra revenue will be among the most hotly debated topics at the Capitol. The talk is mostly centered around whether to give taxpayers a one-time rebate or fully eliminate the state's individual income tax. Of course, there's teacher pay raises, there's funding of roads, all these other things we've mentioned today too. But today, but this week's report from the Joint Legislative Budget Committee will surely fuel that debate. The report says that Mississippi revenue collections for the month of January 2023 are 77243000 which is 15.1% above the signed die revenue estimates from last, basically, the March-April time frame. That brings the fiscal year-to-date revenue collections through January. So again, this is basically half the year. So it's the, the year starts Jan, uh, July 1st. So this is through January 31st. So that's six months. Over half a billion dollars, $502 billion, or 13.25% above the signed die revenue estimates. Matt, 
They, we are $500 million above budget right now on what we estimated that the state would bring in. Revenue collections, you know, which is just an outstanding number. Uh, and again, the uh, total budget for the year was $6,987 million for the state of Mississippi. Um, and then now, good, we're right now estimated to basically be about $7.4 billion for the year. That's kind of what we're looking at. So this is you know, we already had the one point whatever billion set aside that we're trying to figure out what to do with it. We're already half a, uh, half a billion above it this year. A lot of money that needs to be spent properly, that maybe there are some tax cuts, maybe there is a tax rebate. But I mean, but if you're talking about $3,000 in teacher raises and stuff, that is stuff that we need to get done to bring it up to par with other states. Actually, no, pass to bring us above other states around us so we can attract the best teachers, the best teacher assistants, and so many other things. Fun DeSoto County that, I mean, I don't know what the figure is, and I can, have the, I can find this number, what percentage of sales tax property tax that we add to Mississippi but you know we were the one that grew by 14% everybody else in the state did not yes. and so the fact that we are trying to just widen our road to give us the roads that look like Jackson sure. Jackson has 180,000 people guess how many DeSoto County has go 180,000 plus and and we're adding people Jackson's losing people yes and trust so, me I was there last week yep. people are storming out of Jackson Mississippi yeah, th- those are six and eight lanes and we have four and that's what we're trying to rectify. So again, ha- just remember, half no a brainer. billion over budget right now uh, for the uh, for our revenue estimates. And uh, so let's see what they do with it. Let me ask you a question: Do you think that people that voted no to the teachers' assistance, I wonder if they might say, "Hey, during the summer, the teachers' assistants need to pick up a shovel and get to work on the roads." <laughs> Is that something that you remember? Remember, like I said, hey, oh, yeah. here you go, peasant. Here's the rest of your money. Here you go, peasant. Here's your job. I just I, be be happy with your job, peasant. Look, I mean, there are certain things that need to be rectified. I mean, failing <laughs> hospitals. Yeah. There, there's so many things in the state, and we have the money. Let's 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 please let's do it right. But let's please let's spend the money to get some of these things right. Just amazing, Derek. We've talked about it for, uh, I guess, about two years now since we've had our show or this show existed. There seem to have been record amounts of sales and growth and different things in the state of Mississippi. The federal money so, coming federal in. Federal money, of course, definitely the federal money. I guess it helps to get money from New Mexico and bring it to Mississippi. I guess that's one way to do it. But, uh, you know, look, we talk about it. We cover the stuff down in Jackson. We cover the, 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 all the different decisions that they have to make and the, the votes and the different laws and stuff that are coming out of the Golden Dome down there in Jackson. And that's something that we do on the podcast and we'll continue to. So uh, you hope that those folks spend money wisely. And it's obvious, it's obvious that the people that, that don't, do not deserve any money are going to be teacher's assistants, Derek. Yep. But uh, let me tell you who does <laughs> deserve money. Deserve may- should, I tell, should I say they deserve a pay raise? That probably wouldn't go over very well with some of our <laughs> listeners. Uh, you know, anyway, I'm kidding, of course. The folks at DFDC are wonderful people. They work hard to make your experience at the dentist's office the way it should be. And, Derek, they've been with us now for a long, long time. Tell us all about DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662 Four two nine five two three nine. 
Again, wonderful people over at DFDC. Just a great business that's been so supportive. We mentioned the Mardi Gras Ball that's happening this coming weekend. They have always been a very solid sponsor, a supporter of that. Dr. Paroli, Dr. Trotter, heavily involved with the crew of Fernando since its beginning. Thank you all so much for all your support. Well, Derek, one of the things that we started to do now on our weekly show is going to be a place to visit or maybe a hidden gym, something that most people in DeSoto County don't know about, but they may want to uh visit or see about or uh, you know learn more about it here in DeSoto County. It's our DeSoto County monthly place to visit. Tell us all about this month's place to visit. All right, this place to visit, kind of an unknown place to visit for the UTW listeners, is to visit uh, is a spot just up the road in South Haven. It's a beautiful park known as the Jim Saucier Memorial Park directly beside and attached to the South Haven Library. The library, of course, is on the Northwest Drive next to City Hall. This park a loop begins at the library parking lot and is located behind the building. The path is short and paved, which makes it makes for a great outing for the whole family to enjoy. There's a small lake like, right in the center of the park and several benches around the path to sit and enjoy the park surroundings. There's also exercise equipment available for the community. There are five designated accessible spaces in the paved parking lot off of Northwest Drive at the end of the trail. All of them are van accessible with striped access aisles. The trail surface is a paved asphalt or concrete and smooth. It's typically at least six feet wide. The whole trail is estimated to be uh, 1% or less grade uh, on the steepness. The trail will uh, likely be navigable for most wheelchairs, mobility equipment, strollers, or anybody just looking to walk. There are benches and picnic tables along the route for resting. So everybody needs to come enjoy this 0.4-mile loop near South Haven, Mississippi. It's considered an easy route and takes an average of seven minutes to complete one lap around. It's great for road biking, running, walking, and and to be honest, it's unlikely you'll ever encounter many other people there while exploring it. Maybe you will now if we're getting the word out, but um, great, just a beautiful, beautiful park. It's open year-round, and it's beautiful to visit any times. Dogs are welcome, but must be on a leash, and it's a very beautiful park just to stroll, run, bike, or grab a book at the library to walk outside and enjoy uh, basically kind of the hum of the interstate just on the other side of the wall while taking in nature. So just, again, a peaceful respite in the middle of Old South Haven for people that don't know about Jim Saucier Memorial Park. Yeah, that's kind of a tough – is it S-A-U-C-I-E-R? Something like that? Saucier. Is it Saucier? Okay, Mm -hmm. interesting. That's one of those places to visit. That's one something we're going to do monthly here on the show is kind of tell you maybe about uh, places that you might not think about or know about in DeSoto County. Last month we talked about the only place or park that touches the Mississippi River up there in Walls, Lake Cormorant area right right there. Uh, So that was a neat neat thing. So go back and listen to that show for for that uh, little update. But place to visit, wonderful thing to go and look forward to the uh, one we're going to cover in March. You know, Derek, you mentioned a second you said the word dogs and dogs are welcome and so forth i had somebody mention something to me they said hey you talk about the animal shelter a lot and you must hate it <laughs> or you hate our animal shelter you must you know you talk about it all the time Th- that could not be farther from the, the truth i make jokes about the animal shelter in the city of fernando because this is something that has been dragging on for six to eight years multiple boards multiple mayors all that kind of stuff i joke around about it because i know it irritates people to this day even though it's going to open next month i think or the ribbon cutting yeah, will be very, very soon. soon very soon i'm one of those people like hey 
You can gripe about something, but once it's done, move on. Yeah, sunk cost. It's over. Sunk cost. It's over. I mean, what are we griping about? About a million-dollar animal shelter. It is what it is. Let's just move on from that and move on to maybe a next thing, uh, hopefully a positive thing. Hey, at least our animal shelter is not $4 million like Horn Lake. What, did you say four? Because I heard six. Oh, it's six million. Oh, it's six million. million. Yeah, I was was just about to go there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that maybe we don't cover Horn Lake, um, you know, so, so, but uh, yeah, I think their animal shelter that they're working on could possibly be um, six million. Dollars. Yeah, so every, everybody worried about that people are going to come bring their dogs to Hernando because it has a nice shelter. Uh, no, they're not. Um, it, the county has a you know a, a decent one. Isle Branch has one. And now Horn Lake is going to have one that is six times the cost of ours. So if they're looking to drop off a dog, I'm going to say Horn Lake has more has more room. Uh, I'm going to say they have more room. But again, we talk about it all the time. What does Horn Lake have that Hernando does not have as much of? They've got Target. They've got Home Depot. Oh, all They've got commercial uh, multi- property yeah, taxes. more commercial property taxes that uh, seem to, again, kind of get poo-pooed on by listeners, uh, our listeners and different people in the city of Hernando. And that's how they have that kind of thing. Yes, a $6 million animal shelter seems a bit high. It sounds extravagant. Yeah. I've had two people in the last week say they have a um, – they can fix any dog problem for about $2. <laughs> No, no, no. You no, can no. figure out what I'm saying no, and what no, they're saying. No, no. But I did tell them, I said, hey, well, that it used to cost $2, but now inflation, that 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 solution may cost a lot, a little bit more. No, a little no. bit more. I'm not saying I said that. Somebody said that to me. But uh, I, I told them, I said, that, that does not sound very uh, humane and polite. So no, uh, that, that sounds like what the, that, isn't how, uh, that's the country killers, way. And how the serial killers always start, start, you know, torturing. And, I got gotcha. you. Uh, exactly. Getting rid of animals. Yeah, uh, exactly. Let's, not, let's not do that. Well, I mean, well, I mean, if we're looking for the cheapest way, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely the cheapest way. I'm one. just saying, there you go. That's the summer job for teacher's assistants. <laughs> no. That's the summer job for teacher's assistants. Oh, no. They can work at the animal shelter. I, I know at least two people in DeSoto County would think that would be a wonderful idea. <laughs> we've already talked about those people Derek let's move on sports time we cover our sports talk all about the the kids uh, for the city of Fernando Lewisburg and North Point sadly Derek the round ball season is over for everybody we cover tell us all about the end of basketball season right here under the water tower. Yeah, we usually save Hernando for last, but both Hernando teams lost their consolation matchups in the district tournament, and there was not many, well, really not any, <laughs> stats given for either game. The girls lost 63-43 to South Haven, and the boys lost 65-55 to to South Panola, ending both of their seasons uh, in the district tournament. I know the players are sad to see the season end, and they will look to get better and stronger in the offseason, and I'm just uh, putting this out there. Please reach out to us here at the UTW Podcast next year. We would love to have someone send us the stats after each game to make sure we get the players' names on the air. This also goes for baseball and softball coaches going up. If you listen, if somebody that is listening that knows the coaches can let them know whenever the games are over with, please tweet at us, uh, email us, um, send it to our Instagram, whatever you want to do. Give us the stats. Or if you know us personally, text us that we can get them on the air and get these young people's names on the air uh, because, of the again, I know nobody likes a loss, but we still would like to be able to celebrate uh, the, the, the wonderful boy and girl players who are playing these sports. Uh, but, can, you know, again, uh, season's over for Hernando and looking forward, again, to covering them next year. Now moving to North Point. Both of the Trojan teams entered the playoffs looking to make the West Regional Tournament uh, which needing to get two games to get there. For the girls, their first game was against TRA team that was actually the first team they played this season and had beaten by 13 points. The Trojans jumped out ahead in the first quarter and never looked back as everyone got in the game with the last two minutes uh, with the Trojans winning 42-28 to to advance to the next round to travel to University School of Jackson. Lily Milligan led all scores with 15 points. At 
the University of School of Jackson on Monday, the Trojans were playing a team that had only lost two games all year. USJ came out hard with a press and hit six threes in the first half to go up 26-11 to at halftime. However, in the second half, the Bruins coach decides to play not to lose, playing keep away and not attempting one three-point shot in the second half, and the Trojans are able to play good defense and outscore the Bruins 12-4 to in the second half. Not quarter, the entire second half. That's miserable. Those four points came off of free throws once the Trojans started fouling, trying to get the ball back. They did, the USJ did not even score in the third quarter. Of course, the Trojans were down by more than that, and they made it close, but the Lady Bruins got the win by seven to advance to the regionals, and the Lady Trojans were sent home. It was a great rebuilding season for the Trojans, who had to play the younger players with their best player not playing one minute this year with a torn ACL, and the experience should bode well for them next year. Good luck, Lady Trojans, next year. Uh, congrats on a, a, a solid year. Um, their best player didn't play the entire season, so things could have been a, a little bit different. But still, I mean, North Point uh, kind of they'll ride a wave of about like every three or four years they'll they'll go pretty far. Then they yep. got to settle back into a team. So you know, congrats to those ladies on a hard fought season. Uh, the next, the boys had to travel to Jackson, Tennessee, also to play their first uh, another team in the first round, Trinity Christian out of Jackson. This game was a battle the whole night with neither team having a lead greater than five points. The Trojans trailed by three after a Jack Patterson three-pointer with one minute and eight seconds left in the game and then pulled within one with 26 seconds left. The Trojans get the ball last, down 60-58, to 58, and another Jack Patterson three catches the front of the rim, and the Trojans fall by that final score. A heartbreaking loss on a well-played game and with the best sportsmanship we've seen all year. Christian Gilliland led all scores with 27 points. The team did not have any seniors this year, but there is some unknown as to who may come back next year, so we'll wait and see what the team may look like. But if this team could, uh, could make some noise if they decide to stay together, great job by both Trojan teams this year and can't wait to start covering you, you again in November. Now moving down to Lewisburg. Both Lewisburg teams also played in the consolation games of their district tournament. And first up were the Lady Patriots taking on the Center Hill Lady Mustangs. First up were the Lady Patriots taking on the Lady Conquistadors of Olive Branch. The Lady Patriots get the win over the Lady Keisters 48-42 to make the playoffs with Izzy Gross leading the way with 15. They made the playoffs as a three seed and had to travel to Madison Central for the first round. The Lady Jaguars would prove too much for the Lady Patriots, and the historic season ends with a 46-34 loss. What a great year after such a tragic start, and we look forward to following them and their newly deserved head coach as they look to continue to improve next year. The boys looked to match the girls with the win and played a hard-fought game against the Center Hill Mustangs and pulled out the victory 60-59 to over Center Hill in their district tournament. Marion Davis led the Mustangs with 15 points, and that win got them the three seed and a trip to Clinton on Monday night. At Clinton, the boys played their hearts out but drop a heartbreaker 50-47 to to see their season come to a close. This was a great season with the most wins ever by a Lewisburg team and another deserving coach getting the official title after such a sad start to the season. Coach Tip is looking down and pleased with his, what his players have done, and we are looking forward to what the boys can do when next season rolls around in November. Another great season of basketball comes to an end for the teams we cover here on the UTW Podcast, and we will look to cover baseball and softball, uh, as Matt said, in the next two or three weeks once the teams really get rolling. Now, I do want to say this. Um, 
There are some DeSoto County teams that did advance. Uh, DeSoto Central, South Haven, Horn Lake, and Olive Branch teams are still in it. I want to read those off to you real quickly in case you're interested. So this is the boys. The second round this Friday, uh, so tonight if you're listening to it, DeSoto Central at Horn Lake at 7.30 p.m. Again, DeSoto Central at Horn Lake. For the girls uh, on Friday night, DeSoto also the girls played DeSoto Central at Horn Lake at 6 p.m., so before the boys' game and South Panola at Center Hill. So, again, DeSoto Central at Horn Lake before the boys' game, and then South Panola at Center Hill. So those are the, the teams playing. And then on Saturday will be another boys' matchup, South Haven at Olive Branch. So, Matt, it looks like they're, just eliminating, they're each other. just eliminating each other, which yeah. I guess that's what happens as you get you know, further in, in the rounds. You would like to, you know, like to have seen that maybe at the, the North State Finals. They're facing each other in the second round. So look for those games. DeSoto Central at Horn Lake. Uh, for both boys and girls, South Panola at Center Hill and South Haven at Olive Branch. Yeah, Derek, for the teams that we cover, our season comes to an end, but some DeSoto County basketball still to be played. So if that's something you're into or uh, looking for, uh, please you know maybe get out and attend those games and, and support the young people. Yeah, round ball is a good sport, Derek. Basketball has uh, its following in the Memphis area and definitely in DeSoto County and really good competition. Obviously, it's sad that we have to eliminate each other uh, when it comes to get to the north half and all that kind of stuff. So good luck to all those young people. Good job this season on the, uh, the hardwood for uh, the teams that we cover and like as you mentioned record Patriots girls and boys so congratulations to them as you mentioned they, a brutal situation to start the uh, basketball season but they overcame uh, so many odds and, and, and had a record year so enjoy covering that over the last couple of months and again we will mention softball and baseball we know that has started please don't start blowing us up with emails or text about so and so turning a double play in the third inning of a 4-2 <laughs> win over you know we will, San Antonio we or something we get we'll there. get there okay we're going to get there um um, you know, let's get it to maybe spring break or after till the real baseball starts, the district uh, rivalries and those type things. So that closes the books on the, uh, basketball for this season, closes the books on this show when it comes to high school sports. But, Derek, what we've started doing, talking about different things, I've mentioned on every show, that you uh, have a Sunday school class at Hernando Methodist Church, and we're kind of walking through the book with you. What are we talking about this week for your Sunday school? Our last week we learned about our limitations in the Bible study and how if you want to be like Jesus, you have to live like Jesus. Look to slow down and only use what we need with few distractions. Now, that is hard for a lot of us to hear and even harder to emulate. It's kind of like dieting. We all know deep down what is good for us and how to eat healthy, but it's making those choices to live that way or try to spend your life looking for shortcuts. The whole diet industry is counting on you to make shortcuts, but you can't shortcut if you want to try to emulate Jesus. So that's what we'll look to discuss and start looking at the suggestions to get there here in the next upcoming weeks. Sounds good. Again, Hernando Methodist Church, we have three services, 845 and 1055 for traditional services. The table service is a more contemporary service that takes place in the gymnasium, 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Whether it's our church or it's any church in Hernando, DeSoto County, all around, wonderful churches out there that are open every Sunday. Find their Facebook page. Look for the worship times that they have. We'd like to encourage people to visit churches on the weekend we think it's something that definitely can change your life uh, like it's changed mine and Derek's. so we uh, always want to encourage that well Derek, we'll finish the show this uh, real quick this way giving a shout out to the three blind wines Derek told you all about that last week on last week's show told you how it works what it is those type things visit the desoto arts council facebook page to learn more about it three blind wines a fundraiser coming up march 2nd so we'll be here before you know it Three Blind Wines, please visit their Facebook page to learn all about it. And if you're listening to this show, don't forget Mardi Gras Ball tomorrow night, 
right here at the Gin and Nesbitt. A wonderful opportunity. Mustache the Band will be uh, the entertainment. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet and you're listening to this show on a Friday or even Saturday morning, look for the Crew Fernando Facebook page. Click on the link. Maybe have tickets available. Can't wait. Going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Well, look, if you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. You can also give us a five-star review, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to our show. Give us a five-star review. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, you'll also enjoy OB Pod. OB Pod covers the eastern side of DeSoto County, Center Hill, Lewisburg, and Isla Branch Athletics as well. They release a show early Monday mornings covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, we want to say again, shout out to the crew of Fernando. Looking forward to a wonderful 11th annual Mardi Gras ball. Most important thing, be safe out there. Enjoy yourself, but be responsible. Hopefully, Derek, we report back with uh, over thirty-five, maybe $40,000 raised for Hernando Charities coming up next week. So, well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower. Down in New Orleans where the blues were born It takes a cool cat to blow a horn On LaSalle and Rampart Street The combos play with the mambo beat The mighty grand mambo